Hey everybody, I'm Chef Tim Lopez. I'm a line cook at the Philadelphia Eagles Novacare Complex in South Philadelphia. This podcast is where we take a step off the field and take a look at what's on the plate for our players, coaches, chefs, and celebrities from around the world. This is Feeding the Birds, presented by Amorosos. Hey everybody, it's Chef Tim Lopez, and welcome to Feeding the Birds podcast presented by Amorosos. We are at episode 8 of our third season. It's our last episode of the Feeding the Birds podcast for this season. During the football season, we will have a couple cool one-shots coming your way, but for this particular episode, we have got a really great one for you today. We have an interview with Carly Lloyd, number 10 on the United States women's national soccer team. Everybody knows who that is. They took home that championship this year, and we got a chance to sit down and talk with her at Eagles training camp. We also have on the show today an interview with the head chef of Barclay Prime and James Pappas of CheesesteakAdventure.com. I got to sit down with these two gentlemen at Barclay Prime and try the most expensive cheesesteak in the United States. We do a deep dive on cheesesteaks, talk about Jim's rating system, because he rates those steaks at CheesesteakAdventure.com, and how Chef Mark Twersky brings that wonderful Wagyu beef steak right at Barclay Prime. You're going to hear that interview. But first, today on our podcast, we have an interview with offensive tackle number 65, my buddy Lane Johnson. He's going to tell us all about a new diet plan that he's got going on. So without further ado, let's kick it off to Lane Johnson. Hey fans, this is Chef Tim Lopez, and I have with me in the studio today Mr. Lane Johnson. We're sitting down to talk to you today about something that you've just started in the offseason. We're about to hit the season. Tell me about this vertical diet of yours. Okay, so basically I was trying to clean up my diet a little bit. I wanted to get rid of sugar, some stuff that caused you know, some inflammation, and I really just kind of hone in on that. So how I got started with this is my trainer... Um, got in contact with Stan Efforting, who came up with this diet. So basically, it's uh, it's pretty similar to a bodybuilder's diet. So the, the key staples are uh, ground beef and then lots of white rice. And, uh, you know, far as other things, potatoes, uh, some fruits like blueberries, strawberries, oranges, um, and then some vegetables. Uh, trying to think. Spinach, I think kale's good. Um, but uh, the basis behind it is, is that it's very easy on, on the digestive system so far as absorbing the nutrients, um, no bloating, none of that, and then it keeps you hungry. And uh, he's also really big on sodium intake. So as athletes, uh, we get our sweat tested, so we, we see how much sodium is in our sweat. So, And if you don't replace that sodium, uh, you can lose a lot of uh, – water weight but uh especially blood volume so that sodium equates to blood volume and that equates to performance so it all kind of ties in together but basically uh the premise is to you know just eat a lot of white rice a lot of ground beef pretty pretty bland but the way we do it around here it's it tastes pretty good so yep yep i have the pleasure of hooking that up for lane every single day used to be you were banging it three times a day now you're about twice a day sometimes once a day how do you how do you balance that it's a very specific diet so how do you know what days you need to hit that hardcore stick with the rice stick with the beef and what days you can go off on, a, on your yeah own? so everything i do is based based around my weight so my weight goal is between 320 and 325 so if i'm a little bit low then i know i need to up the carbs so i uh, had to pound the rice but usually uh weight's been staying pretty consistent and then um you know usually just just having every day it's 
Um, it kind of gets bland sometimes, but you know it tastes good, so it's kind of hard to argue with that. So I, I've, I've been enjoying it so far. That's good. That's good, and I'm glad I could help you come up <laughs> with a way where you can enjoy it when you need it. I think it's important for you to maintain your weight. You know, maintain the yep. muscle mass that you're building. I know you're in recovery now, but you're going to be ready to rock, right? Week yep. one. Week and, one. Uh, I can't wait to see what you're going to get out there and do. You know? Oh yeah. If anybody knows uh, Lane's Instagram, if you want to plug that real quick. Lane Johnson 65. Lane Johnson 65. You Twitter, see some Lane Johnson 65. There you go. That's easy. He's got both the same, man. Uh, you want to check that out, man. My man's looking jacked on there. So good for you. Good for you with his vertical diet. Anything you need that we can provide, you need anything extra, you let us know, man. I, I know it was a big change for you in the off season to, to be able to get into this, and I'm glad it's working well for you. Yeah, it's been good, but body feels good, and you know that's kind of the whole reason I got into it is uh, try it out, and, and it's been working, so I'm happy. All it's good. Terrific. I'm happy too, man. So you have a cheat day with this diet? I know we got cheat day in the cafeteria yeah. where we got wings, we got pizza, we got sushi. What what do you eat on a cheat day? What's a Lane Johnson cheat day like? Uh, well, recently the calf got a uh, got an ice cream machine. Give me a waffle cone or. Do do a few things with that, and then, uh, man, I'm a big baby blues guy. I, I love that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, if I'm if I'm really going to hit it hard, and I'm 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 going to go to Shipley's Donuts and load up on about probably two dozen, three dozen donut holes. That's kind of you know my what's your, what's my your vice. Flavor? What's your flavor on them, brother? <sighs> I'm just bland. You know, just, I grew just up just plain. you know just you know just plain. Plain glazed uh, donut holes and just uh, yeah, I can do a number with those. Eat them so. up like popcorn, dude. Hey, yeah. all right, all right. I don't know if I can hit that, but I'd love, I'd love to try it with you sometime. Hey, we can do try a donut it. off. Yeah, I'm we'll telling you. Shot. I'm telling you. you. You gang. All right, game. What's coming up for the season with you, man? You're gonna pretty much stick with that vertical diet, just keep that weight maintained, or do you yeah, see so yourself branching into maybe a little bit more instead of just the ground beef? Would you think about maybe hitting more steaks or? Uh, yeah, I mean, st steak is definitely. I mean, steak is on there. Steak, potato. I mean, it's pr pretty simple, but really, just like I said, everything's evolved around my weight. So if my weight's good, then, then I'm good. So um, other than that, though, this this uh, this has been helping me keep my weight on a lot more easily. And the thing about it is that a lot of this stuff goes towards the muscles. It's not a lot of, um, you know, bad nutrients going to be stored around the belly and stuff like that. So, you know, as an office lineman, we get self-conscious too. So, you know, just throwing that out there. We don't want you self-conscious. We want you fully <laughs> fully conscious and uh, confident and ready, ready to go kick some butt <laughs> on Sundays. So, proud of that. All right. Last time I had Jim, we talked about some chicken fried steak. And you oh, and I got to hook yeah. up some chicken fried steak together. Yeah. And that was an amazing experience for me because I'd never done it before. Yeah. You're on the vertical diet. You're trying to keep that weight. Do you still bang that chicken fried steak? If it's available. If I just haven't had, it, haven't had it in front of me since probably the last time right. uh, when we were in studio. And we will get it in there because the last time we did it, we had that really good white gravy, right? Yeah. And it wasn't too heavy. I don't think there's no sausage in that gravy, right? It was just a, like, a, yeah. like a pepper gravy. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved it. The crazy it, thing was I think you made it a bunch of it just for the – you for know, the just, shoot that we were doing, yeah. Just for the shoot, and we had some extra in the calf, and people were like, well, I've, I've never had chicken fried steak before. And then they tried, and like, oh, my gosh, I, yeah. I'm yeah. in love. Exactly. So yeah, hey. All you have to do is figure out how to do it right, and I think hey. we, we've Lane schooled me on how to do it right. Do so. right. It's all, it's all in the breading and, and, and keeping that meat tenderized. So that's, Absolutely. Absolutely. It, was, it was a good experience. That was a great experience for me. So anybody wants to uh, have a little Lane Johnson flair in your life, I would still check out that chicken fried steak because that is some solid – Number 65 cuisine right there. Yeah, it'll change your life. All right, man, I'm going to take you out on two more questions, and we'll let you go. I know you're busy. We're cranking. It's the last week of the preseason. Let's go mm. get them this season. Let's take it all away. 
you could only have one condiment for the rest of your life, Lane. What would it be? I'm going to go with ketchup. Ketchup? Just, tell, me, tell me why. Man, you can just throw it on a burger. You can throw it next to your fries. It just, I mean, burger and fries? Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's, okay. nothing, nothing says America like a good old burger that's and fries. That's very huh? true. That's very true. That needs to be like a like a bumper sticker or a T-shirt, man. <laughs> hey, Lane keep, Johnson says. Just keep it in America. Burger and fry. Burger and, and fries. And ketchup America. on the side. I agree. All the way. <laughs> All right. And still, we're going to revisit this one more question. Okay. What is that oddest food you ever encountered? You told me that story about that swamp rabbit that your dad hooked up for you yeah. uh, when we did this last season. There has to be some other thing in the Lane Johnson world where you're out there, you know, fooling around with your diet, trying, trying to be the best Lane you can be. You had to encounter some really wacky food. What you got? Yeah, so this is going to sound like something uh, Bobby Boucher would do off the water boy. But uh, back home, we do we do a thing called frog gigging. So basically, uh, you go down to the swamp and uh, you have a headlight and you and you shine a, in the water and around the banks and you see uh, you're looking for bullfrogs, and so their eyes will kind of glisten. And when you see them, you have a device and you capture them. And basically, what you do is you eat frog legs, and the frog legs it tastes like chicken. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that. If I have, yeah. If you're yeah. freaked out your, by that. No, not at all. Not at all. I'll taste anything, man. I don't have the recipe Once on I'll it. I, I just know that, I, that I've enjoyed it. It was, you know, kind of awkward to try it at first, you know. They got like a but, big mound of them, like chicken wings? You just eat them like that? Yeah, Skin on much. and everything, right? Just bite through, get to Yeah. Meat. Okay. Tastes oh. good. Tastes oh. like chicken. If I ever have an, an opportunity. Forever in Louisiana, we can... Oh yeah, I'll go, I'll go catch some frogs and we can, yeah, we can get it done. Lane Johnson frog legs, I'll, I'll do it, man. <laughs> but we ever have the opportunity to sit down together, I, w- I would consider that to be an honor. All right, all right, we'll go out on that. Thanks again for sitting down with us, feeding the birds, man. Just go, just just take hey. them down this year, you know. Hey, just one at a time. I'm ready to watch you guys rock the whole league. Let's go. Who's next? Who's next? Who's, next? Who's up next? Amen, brother. Amen. As always, fantastic to be able to talk with Lane Johnson, one of my favorite Eagles, and. uh That new diet's panning out pretty well for him. Let's hope it continues to do so. Honored to help him hook that up every day in our Eagles NovaCare cafeteria. Next up, we have an interview with women's national soccer team superstar number 10, Carly Lloyd. I caught up with her on the sidelines at Eagles training camp right before she did that amazing 55-yard field goal that went straight through the uprights. I know everybody saw that because that was a viral hit all over the place, and I got to sit down and talk with her right before that happened. So here's our interview with Carly Lloyd. Feeding the Birds podcast presented by Amoroso. This is Chef Tim Lopez here live, Eagles training camp, and I am sitting with another world champion today. I just keep meeting these world champions. I tell you, I am blown away today to meet two-time Olympic gold medalist and FIFA Women's Cup world champion Carly Lloyd. Carly, how you doing today? Good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank awesome. you so much for making time to sit down with us today on Feeding the Birds. No worries. Nice and hot today. Oh, my God. 100%. <laughs> so let's talk about some of your favorite foods. I, I read and I've listened to some interviews, so I want to talk about New Jersey pizza. I know, I know it's a guilty pleasure for you. What's on your best pizza? What do you got? Well, actually, uh, after this practice, I'm actually going to go to my favorite pizza spot. It's oh, Pietro's, cool. 
Pietro's Pizza is actually in Philadelphia. They've got a couple different locations. They used to have one in New Jersey. They mm -hmm. closed that down and opened up a, a Greek restaurant. So I'm highly disappointed that I've got to drive. A, yeah, you, you got to cross the bridge, bridge to come to get get your pie. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, it's best pizza. Love it, and I'm gonna indulge in it today. What do you put on it? What's your what's your favorite topping? I'm pretty plain. It's either just pepperoni. They they've got good quality pepperoni, um, and I'm just you know typical margarita with some basil on top. That sounds good to me. I mean. It's Basics excellent. good. You got all the great flavors there. And shout out to Pietro's. Way to go, guys. <laughs> World champion pizza. I love it. All right, let's shift into gear. Since you have to come over here for pizza, maybe you're not always able to get the slice of pizza if you do go for a cheesesteak. I know you probably don't go for that often, but tell me about, you know, what would Carly Lloyd put on a cheesesteak? Cheesesteak for me, uh, some cheese, obviously. Uh, I would do some, some fried onions. Um, a little bit of ketchup, and that's it. I'm, I'm pretty simple. That's exactly the way I would take mine, too. Yeah. Maybe mushrooms if they have the right kind. Yes. But I don't yes, know. Are you a mushroom person? I yeah. am. Oh. Mushrooms would be good as Do well. Do your onions have to be really well done? Same with the mushrooms. I love that chopped into the steak. Yeah. Okay. Like them, like you know, a little bit crisp, crisped up, sauteed up. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I heard you do a lot of cooking at home. heard you make some banging ribs at home out of the oh, oven. Oh, wow. Do you have a secret spice or a secret sauce? World champion. You know, it's just a. I can't claim I it. It's it's like an allrecipes.com okay. dry rub. Right. Um, That's a nice shout out yeah, to all recipes. They're uh, really really good and just you know we like my husband and I like it a bit spicy. Mm -hmm. The ribs. Um, so yeah, we just kind of put a whole bunch of cayenne, chipotle pepper, all all sorts of stuff. You guys are big on dry rub ribs. Are they are they like St. Louis style baby backs? What do you go for? Baby back ribs. Um, although I feel like I need to to find a spot that's got some good quality ribs that I can pick up. I will tell you, anytime you're in the area, you swing by the Eagles Novacare Complex, we make some really good quality ribs in our smoker right in the back. Oh, you Everybody know. here is shaking their head in agreement. Players know it, coaches know it, staff <laughs> knows it, I know it. Good stuff. So anytime you're in the area, you want some good barbecue, come check us out. Cool. All right. Going to take you out on one last question. There's got to be a food out there. I mean, I know you're very nutrition-focused, professional athlete, world champion. What's something that you just can't stand? You know what? I don't I don't think there's really food that I hate. I mean, I I don't eat a lot of certain types of food. You mm -hmm. know, Italian, it's like uh, makes you feel heavy. Sure, and, um, sure. And all that and isn't great for you. But um, I like good quality food, so I'm kind of up for you're up to try anything. All That's different cool. Things, yeah. But Any you know really what? Growing up, I was the pickiest eater ever. It was like chicken fingers or nothing. Oh. So it was very, very unhealthy, and, and I suddenly realized that you know there's this world of amazing food by traveling the world, and um, yeah, I kind of like to to dip into all of it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. We should always try to eat eat the world that's out there and enjoy every everything nature has to give us, everything that the different cultures have to give us. So I really want to thank you for sitting down with us on Feeding the Birds. No problem. Thank you. You got a favorite Eagles player? Oh, I got, a, you know, Zach Ertz, obviously. Oh, yeah, there you go, uh, number 86. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped uh, Deshaun Jackson's back. Amen. Uh, but, yeah, I like, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of these guys, Carson Wentz, and, uh, yeah, it's just I hope they do really well yeah. again this season. I know they're big fans of you, too. So That's cool. Thank you so much. Wonderful to meet you. Thanks for being on our podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, fans, that was amazing for me to be able to sit down with Carly Lloyd She's had a very busy schedule that day just to be able to catch up with her, talk to her about some of her favorite eats, her food culture. Fantastic. Let's shift into a little bit more Philadelphia food culture right now. We have this interview. It was done live at Barclay Prime 
with executive chef Mark Twersky and also Jim Papas from CheesesteakAdventure.com. Jim's been on a quest to find the most perfect cheesesteak. He's had over 300, but he hadn't had the most expensive cheesesteak in this country. We took him down to Barclay Prime, and the chef sat us down and presented us with this wonderful Wagyu beef cheesesteak. I'm not going to get too much into it in the intro. I want you guys to hear it in this interview that's coming up right now. Mm. It's time for our main course, presented by Amoroso's. Fans of football, fans of food, this is Chef Tim Lopez of the Philadelphia Eagles, Feeding the Birds podcast. I am very honored to be in one of the wonderful steakhouses in Philadelphia, Barclay Prime. And I am here today with a very special guest, Mr. Jim Pappas. We are going to try the most expensive cheesesteak in the United States. How you doing, Jim? I am doing great. I am so glad you invited me. I was uh, about to start a GoFundMe page so I could come try the Barclay Prom cheesesteak. So thank you very much for having me. I am very much looking forward to your creation, Chef Mark. And uh, yeah, very excited. Very happy to be here. All right. So the voice you're hearing is Jim Pappas, CheesesteakAdventure.com. This man has personally consumed over the last 14 months over 300 cheesesteaks in the tri-state area. Jim, tell us, how did you decide to go ahead and do this? Very, uh, three years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine. We went out for lunch, and we are talking about, you know, what do we do at 55? What, you know, what do we do for fun? We don't want to be hanging around bars and stuff. So we, we looked down at our, we looked at the table, and there was two cheesesteaks. We're like, cheesesteaks. Um, so I Uber and Lyft drive, and I started asking my riders where their favorite cheesesteaks were. And then... Um, you know, we'd go try them. And um, the passion from my riders and the passion from cheesesteak conversation in this area just kind of, it, it grew its own legs. And I uh, just kept trying different places, had more and more places to try. And uh, yeah, here we are 14 months later, over 300 different cheesesteaks. And I have a list of 180 places I still have to try from messages and emails and stuff that I get from uh, through the website and Facebook and stuff. That was amazing, man. And so you just decided, I'm going to go spot to spot. I'm going to check it out. You came up with a rating system. You came up with criteria for judging. We're going to get into that in a little bit because we're going to try the most expensive cheesesteak here at Barclay Prime Restaurant. But how has that journey been for you? I mean, you've been to so many different places. I'm sure you've met many different kinds of people, seen the steaks prepared many different ways. I mean, you know, how does that sit with you? What, what do you think about it? It's, it's, cheesesteak is, is magic to you, so tell me about that. Cheesesteak is, uh, it's the first time I called it magic, but yes, cheesesteak is magic to me. It's, uh, it's been great. It's funny. We were just talking about on the way over here today about how, you know, at 300, you'd think they all start tasting the same or being the same, or it's like, ah, I don't want a cheesesteak today. But now, the more I eat them, the more you talk about to people, um, you know, 300 different. You know, I meet a lot of people that have, you know, that go to, one of the regulars, you know, go to the cheesesteak place at the end of their street every day. And so they've, they've probably had 300 cheesesteaks also, but it's been the same place. Um, it's been great. I mean, the, the energy, when you mentioned, you know, you, we're in Philly. When you mentioned cheesesteaks, everybody's got a favorite place. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, which is your favorite? And I now know that they'll ask me, most of the time they ask me just so they can tell me their favorite and try and convince me that their favorite's better than the one that I think is the favorite. Um, but the people I meet, the conversations, the passion, uh, it just keeps me going. And it's, yeah, I have no slowing down. Um, 
the different people, the different the care, the just meeting the you know the chefs like Mark that really the passion they have for their food, and they love to talk about it. And some of the best conversations and some of the most memorable, um, some aren't even about the cheesesteak. You know, it's about the the person and how they started making their cheesesteak and the encounters they've had over cheesesteaks or because of cheesesteaks. So um, it's just it's a great uh, it's a great conversation starter. Uh, everybody has an opinion about it, um, so it's definitely uh, it keeps things lively and uh, keeps me going. And I'm yeah, I'm just I'm excited about cheesesteaks. I'm more excited about cheesesteaks today than I was last week or last month or a year ago. Um, That's they, amazing, bro. Oh, it is. That it's, is it's, amazing. Yeah, it's pretty. It's 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 cool because just after a while, you know, at the beginning it's like you start having the same cheesesteak, and after then, but as you get into it and start having different ones and. Uh, the passion and the different people, it, uh, it just kind of grows on itself. And it does, it definitely got its, it definitely has its own legs. You know, it's definitely, uh, I'm not the driving force from it. It's from the other people I meet and talk to. It's their passion that just keeps me going. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of cool being kind of the, the vessel or the, the yeah. center of, you know, everyone else's like the energy. intermediary. You're, you're, you're gathering up these stories and this passion for this one particular food item. Exactly. You know, it's kind of why I started this podcast, actually. Just I love so passionate about food, I want to hear others' passion for food. Now, if there's a guy who's going to tell us about passion for food, it's definitely Chef Mark Twersky, executive chef here at Barclay Prime Restaurant. Chef, thanks for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Very excited since we heard we could come do this, but to actually be here. And you guys can't smell it, but the cheesesteak just got delivered right out of the kitchen, nice and fresh. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about... Uh, your history with Barclay Prime, and then let us in on why the cheesesteak's part of your menu. Sure. Well, I've been at Barclay Prime for six years now. Uh, the cheesesteak has been on the menu since the beginning. So when they opened the restaurant, they wanted to uh, take something that was a Philadelphia staple and, and bring it up to kind of the level of food, the concept that we do at Barclay. So it's an elevated cheesesteak, if you will, uh, Wagyu beef. Um, it's it's actually evolved over, over the 15 years that Barclay's been in Rittenhouse Square. Um, and in the last six years, uh, we've changed it a little bit from time to time. Uh, I think it's at its height right now. We're using imported Japanese Wagyu beef, uh, foie gras and truffles from France, uh, and Italian truffle cheese. So it's got a lot of elements that, that help it kind of rise above what an everyday cheesesteak is. But... We also try to keep in, in line with what a cheesesteak should be. It's got all the elements that, that you expect in a cheesesteak. I'll say, man, I'm, I'm looking at it. It looks really good. I can smell it. It smells fantastic. I had a nickel for every time I had Fogwell on my cheesesteaks. So just... <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Every cousin Vinny, every, every pizza shop has Fogwell. Nah, Come on. Can that. you do something I different here, Mark? <laughs> it, it's going to be a blast to try this thing. Um, before we, we dig into it, Jim, I want you to talk to to Mark a little bit, uh, kind of give him your own interview about not only what's in it, but tell him about your, you know, your criteria and your rating system when it comes to a steak. Uh, it's a hundred point rating system, five categories, the roll, meat, cheese, extras, and then, uh, overall, uh, 20 points each category. Um, I tell you right now, just looking at it, I'm loving the cedar roll, loving the amount of meat, Interested to see the uh, foie gras, truffles, and uh, how that reacts to my palate. <laughs> but so far, it's so good. All right, so let's get some plates in here, and uh, let's, let's give it a shot, man. And, you know, uh, 
The cheesesteak is about regulation size, I would say. It's cut into four even pieces, picked nicely so it stays together. Not that it's going to fall apart, but uh, I like the presentation. Absolutely. And, you know, you hear, you, you, when you hear Barclay Prime and you think, uh, you think Barclay Prime, you think Rittenhouse Square, you, know, you think small plate sizes. You mm -hmm. know, like you think a lot of, you know, sitting and having appetizers and cocktails and chatting politely while you have a small plate dinner come out. That's not a small plate cheesesteak. No, that's it's a, very... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true to size. And, and certainly a number of people come in and have the cheesesteak as their, as their entree. Uh, but we always recommend sharing it with friends, and it's a great way to, for, for a lot of people to be able to try something that's so good. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. All right, dig in, guys. We can edit this all out, by the way, too, so if you're worried about you chewing in the mic, right. don't worry about no, it. I was going to say, do you want me I, to chew into the mic? Know, Is that you you I know what it tastes piece. like. I'm good. Yeah, all right, that's are, cool. Yeah. So we do try to stay true to size. Uh, we, a lot of cheesesteaks do about eight ounces of, of meat. We do nine and a half ounces. Um, the, the truffle cheese, we kind of we make our own whiz, if you will, in-house. Uh, it's a classic bechamel sauce with the Italian truffle cheese whisked into it. Should thicken it up and just kind of envelope the, the meat in the sandwich. Some fried onions. And we do a, a truffled foie gras mousse in-house as well. It's amazing. It's so true to what a cheesesteak is, but at the same time elevated. You know what I'm saying? Like the, what, do you, what do you think, Jim? First impressions. I don't say that after a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think, that's, I think he just said it all. Well, that's really good. I mean, the meat is, it, it should, the meat should be just incredibly decadent, rich, but in a way kind of light, too. It just mm -hmm. kind of like. Yeah, so, right. My first impression, when I first saw the roll, and it's funny how much first impression decides what it's going to taste like. When I first saw the roll, um, I was a little worried because we were talking about it before we started the um, the podcast, the problem I've had in the past with rolls where someone makes a really good roll is that it's just too dense and the roll becomes more than the meal. And so when I saw your roll and I saw that it was a, a big roll, um, the roll is phenomenal. And then, yeah, the next, the next thing I, I noticed, there was a lot of meat. So my next concern becomes when you eat a lot of meat is toughness. Is it going to be chewable? And then as I picked it up, I mean, you can see uh, if my phone hadn't died, all my friends would have seen, would, would get a close-up picture of how juicy that meat is. It's got phenomenal taste. Um, I don't know where I'm going to fit truffles into my cheese rotation because uh, I, I, for my grading system to be true with all my cheesesteaks, I always get American so that I have a fair grading system. Um, I was introduced to provolone a couple months ago, so provolone's my new uh, recreational cheese, and um, I guess truffles in your recipe is going to be my new uh, decadent. I'm going to I'm gonna have to add decadent to my, my vocabulary. I like, I like that a lot, man. Where, where I hang out, I won't use it very often, but um, yeah, the cheese, unbelievable, because I, I, from Philly, grew up in the area, I'm not a whiz guy. Very much dislike whiz. Um, I'm from the suburbs. I like a chopped up meat. I like, I like to chop meat because I want my cheese to get into the meat. I want to be able to taste my cheese on every bite. And um, yeah, your homemade whiz is uh, more, you know, American, more more standard cheese and whiz, but still gets through the whole all the meat. So um, this is a phenomenal cheesesteak. 
<laughs> we talked about add-ons. We have some, some house-made pickled peppers. I don't know what you normally do on your cheesesteaks. Yeah, not them. The places I go don't have those. So th those are probably wasted on me and my palate. But uh, th I'm going to stick with the decadent cheese sauces that you made, which is phenomenal. Um, if we were on video, I'd, you could see my two thumbs up. For this, I, would I, think wanna, can, I think we can hear your two thumbs up. I would like to grow a thumbs up. I have three thumbs up for there, just for there this, you go. Just for this cheesesteak. I agree with everything you said, Jim. Um, I just love the way the meat is prepared. You know, it just it's supposed to melt in your mouth, and it really does. Um, not chop too much where it's falling apart. And I can't stand biting into a steak and half of it falls out of the corner of your mouth or off the roll while you're eating it. Obviously, I can't stand the steak that's that's soggy where the bread gets soggy and they don't drain it enough, but. Can you tell me more about the cheese, Chef Mark? Uh, you said it's sourced from France. The cheese, yeah, cheese yeah. is an Italian cheese. It's okay. a cacciota al tartufo. So it's a truffle-infused uh, blend of cow and sheep's milk um, from the Piedmont region. So it's a, it's a nice semi-soft cheese, a little bit of tang to it, and, yeah. and the hint of that earthiness from the truffle. I loved it. I loved it. I, I literally, it's going to be hard for me to make a steak next time knowing that I'm not going to have that cheese on it because I really enjoyed it. Uh, the earthiness of the truffle and, and how velvety smooth the cheese is. And it just, like, like Jim was saying, it, it gets into the meat. It doesn't just sit on top. You know, I, I'm all for American provolone. I'm not a huge whiz guy. I like when we make uh, fresh cheese sauce or queso at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they love it too. I think that goes better with the steak. I'm, I'm not for one where if I'm biting the steak and the cheese is sitting on top like a piece of cardboard, I can't stand that. Well, the good part about this meat, you know, we're talking about in the car, you know, the, you know, the meat, who still makes fresh meat? Who still makes fresh rib, you know, fresh cut ribeye every day? You know, a lot of cheesesteaks I have, and I've started eating more and more with if someone has a house-made sauce or something special they do in-house, I'll get it on it. Because a lot of times the meat needs it there. You know, they, they need something to loosen it up or to loosen up the cheese. This doesn't need any of that. This actually, you know what? You know, every piece of this stands alone. You know, it's one of the things I'd said in the past was about, you know, a lot of places forget it's, it's a cheesesteak. You go to some places, they don't put enough cheese on it. You know, it's a cheesesteak. Yeah, like they don't put enough on. steak on it. <laughs> yeah, or they don't <laughs> put enough steak on it or the roll's, or the roll's not there or whatever. You know, there's, they're missing a, you know, a cheesesteak is a three-legged stool. This is this has three great legs. You know, every piece of it, it's like every piece of this you could eat by itself or with something else and it'd be good. You know, a lot of times a cheesesteak needs all three pieces to be good. Um, if Mark were to make me a, uh, a goodie bag to go, I'm sure I would enjoy the heck out of every individual piece if you wanted to wrap them together or separately or however you wanted to do there it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I would, I would enjoy it no matter how it, no matter how you put it together, I'm sure I would enjoy it. <laughs> So how many points do we get? How many points does Chef Mark get? Well, it's, I'm gonna have to get creative with it because, uh, you know, no fault of uh, Barclay Prime, but um, my scoring my scoring system isn't set up for this cheesesteak. You have I mean, to what create I, a new one. Well, what I can do is, if I just make it a four category, twenty five points each, takes the take the extra category out because that's the, the mushrooms, lettuce, and tomato. This has got to be um, it's got to be probably top rated. I mean, it's got to be. I think 90, uh, I'd have to look at my sheet, but I think 93 or 4 is my highest, highest graded cheesesteak. Uh, this is definitely the highest graded. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's nothing, you know, and you're right. Overall, I mean, we're sitting in this beautiful room. I mean, beautiful, comfortable chairs. 
No, it's probably be highest. It's got to be highest grade. You know, the, the problem is the hundred twenty five dollar price tag. So you have one once a year. You save up. You have it on a special occasion. I think a lot of people probably come in here to try it on a, like a special type deal, right, Chef? We do. We sell a ton of cheesesteaks. And, you know, to back up a little bit, I think we're, we're in Philadelphia. This is a town of cheesesteaks. And so I don't pretend that, that our cheesesteak is it's just meant to be that everyday cheesesteak that people go out for at 2 in the morning or, or 11 in the morning, anything. You know, it's, it's a different cheesesteak. And what we do try to you know, do is stay true to the ingredients and... and make everything as as point on as it can be but um yeah it's you know it's a well, different it's, thing it's an experience this is a cheesesteak experience right. and and i think it, oh, you okay. look at it that way yeah. yeah this is definitely worth a special splurge night get a room in the city you know for the people that live in the suburbs that don't come in the city all the time or they come into work and get the heck out as quick as they can this is definitely worth a splurge weekend anniversary, birthday, whatever it is, but it's definitely right for the special occasion. If you live in the area, come in, spend the night, have a great cheesesteak, the, the half bottle of champagne that comes with it. For its niche, it's definitely worth it. Uh, it's definitely worth the splurge. Yeah, go to Pat's and Gino's and so you can go home and say, oh, that's where I ate when they show it on NFL.com when they come for Monday Night Football. But if you want to have a good cheesesteak, this is the spot to come to. Yeah. I agree with that. And I, I will say this, though. There's a warning I'm going to put on this. If you've never had a cheesesteak before, don't start here. Because you will. this will become the standard of which you judge all the other cheesesteaks. Don't fly first class. Yeah, don't get know what I'm saying? Don't, don't do it. Because literally, like, if I could go to a place at 2 in the morning and get something like this, if I could get it all the time, it wouldn't be as special. So if you were to come here to Philly for the first time ever and say, I want a cheesesteak. Where's a good spot? I'm going to go to Barclay Prime, okay? Then don't come back next time and go to some you know mom and pop shop and then go. But it doesn't taste like Barclay Prime. It's not going to. It's a fantastic steak. I thought it was was wonderful. The thing that's going through my mind is maybe a lot of people out there don't know enough about Wagyu beef, and I'm sure you know a ton about that. So can you speak a little bit about that? Obviously, we enjoyed it. The beef is tender. It's moist. What makes the beef taste so good in this particular presentation? Sure. Well, this is a it's a different breed of cow than we have in the United States. Uh, it's a, yeah, these cows are, are bred in Japan. They go back about a hundred years. They're used for agriculture. Uh, their muscles have a lot of fat. They're able to be good workhorses. And once, you know, the way that translates into, into food is moisture, tenderness, juiciness, uh, a ton of marbleization. And so what you'll see by looking at a Wagyu steak different than anything you'd find in America is the marbleization. There's going to be just as much kind of fat marbled into the, into the meat as, as, as the actual meat, which translates to flavor. Um, it eats incredibly juicy, as we said. So that's the biggest difference between Wagyu beef versus anything raised in America. Okay. You can see the difference. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you pick it up, you can see the difference in the meat. The meat is juicy and tender, melts in your mouth, and, uh, yeah, you don't have to do anything to it. You know, guys, you go to some of these cheesesteak places, you see them you know, putting the oil or the water or covering the thing, trying to get the meat all moistened to eat better and uh this cheesesteak that's why i'm glad i brought my reading glasses because I, I could see it better you see it from the second you pick it up 
I really, I really love this cheesesteak. Thank you very much, Chef, for, for giving us this. If you guys were ever going to do a chicken cheesesteak or any other kind of cheesesteak, what, what might you throw together for that? I'm just curious on the spot. Put you on the spot. <laughs> Japanese chicken. Japanese chicken? Sweet. <laughs> I don't know if they got Wagyu chicken. I is that, it's, a, do, is yeah. that it's like a country song. It's like Japanese country song. My yeah. Wagyu chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should end on that. I like that. My Wagyu chicken. I want to thank Jim Pappas and Chef Mark Twersky, uh, Barclay Prime Restaurant right here in Rittenhouse. Square, wonderful steak. I understand why you guys present it as you do. And anybody who hasn't checked this out, as I said, don't make it your first steak if you never had one. But you need to come try this. This this is, for lack of a better word, it's prime. It's really prime. It's good stuff, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, like I said, that this cheesesteak does not disappoint. What a wonderful time I had at Barclay Prime, tasting that amazing wagyu cheesesteak with the truffle and the foie gras mousse and just I mean it was delectable it was delectable I don't know if I go for one every time I think a classic Philly is is more my speed but to sit down with Jim Pappas of cheesesteakadventure.com and rate that cheesesteak and taste it was a great experience I'm glad we got him in there you guys can check out all his ratings of all the cheesesteaks in the tri-state area on cheesesteakadventure.com and I want to thank also Chef Mark Twersky for having us into Barclay Prime to have that experience So fans, this is our eighth episode, our final episode of the Feeding the Birds podcast presented by Amorosos this season. I want to just take time out to thank the wonderful kitchen staff that I work with every single day. Gary, Keisha, Nidira, Pee Wee, Matt and Charles, Andre, Shakira, Brittany, Kim, Anthony, Eric and James. Thank you for all the support and for the hard work you put in every single day. So we can all feed the birds on the road to victory. You guys are amazing. I love working with you. It's an honor for me to work for this football team. It's an honor for me to work in that kitchen. And just because our Feeding the Birds podcast season is over doesn't mean we don't have more content coming your way. We have some special quick bites coming to you throughout the football season. So watch out for those. I'll be putting those up. Uh, through my Instagram. You can uh, find me at cheftim.eagles. You'll also see them posted on philadelphiaeagles.com. And uh, it'll just be some quick episodes just to let you in on what's going on here in our food world during the football season. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening to this podcast. And without your feedback, we can't make it better for you. So I would appreciate wherever you get our podcast. Please give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Five stars would be great because we work really hard for you. And give us some comments. Give us some feedback so I can do the best possible food football podcast for you. So won't you please join us next time as we continue our exploration of the food culture of everyday people who live extraordinary lives. Let's have a great football season. Go Birds! Go Birds!